You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back uh, trying to catch up on everything that happened. It's only been Too like... Too much wrestling. Yeah. It's only been like a week and a half? Or yep. two weeks, maybe? It's astonishing how much has happened in this time. There is way too much going on. Like, they gotta spread this wrestling stuff out. I mean, I feel like they did spread some of it out. And we just weren't here to cover it, but... It's all been in two weeks! I know, it's amazing. Uh, so, the main purpose of this episode is to talk about NXT TakeOver Phoenix, which, mm-hmm. yes, we're a little bit late to the game on, but last week's episode of NXT was the the Hangover show, so not a lot of importance happened there. So I feel like we're kind of still... We might mm-hmm. be on the fringes, but I still feel like we're just still inbounds where we can talk about this show, and it's not too late. To, yeah. to still be talking about it. Something that is too late to talk about, I am only going to briefly mention, which would be the uh, NXT episodes that happened before TakeOver uh, in the UK. Uh, that would be the oh. Fallout show. Yeah, that would, in the UK, this would be the Fallout show from the TakeOver Blackpool. Uh, the one that's not the Hangover show. The, their first real taping after the TakeOver uh, Blackpool. okay. Um, uh, like, there's a lot of terminology here. Yes. Follow, so I'm glad you explained that. <laughs> yes. Um, that show featured another Pete Dunne and Walter confrontation. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then more interference from Gallus, the, the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Walter continues to uh, dissuade these gentlemen from getting into his face. Um, the main event of that show was Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks having their match that they were scheduled to have on the takeover. Hmm. Uh, it was very good, uh, but it ended in a double count out and then they continued brawling afterwards. So that feud is not done yet. Okay. Uh, on NXT proper, they had a pretty good tag team match with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch against Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Loved uh, all of them. Yeah. They had a really good match and they beat the crap out of each other. Uh, Lorcan and Birch won. And uh, the main event was Velveteen Dream getting a win over knee-jerk Bobby Fish, who continues to live up to Jacqueline's nickname for him, working over Velveteen Dream's knee in that match. Thank you. So He hasn't made a liar out of me yet, so... Yes. Uh, both of those shows were were relatively good. The, the UK show was ma- mostly saved by the good main event, and uh, the regular NXT show was, uh, was pretty good as well. But nothing really to write home about. Uh, yeah. So before we talk about TakeOver Phoenix, let's quickly run through the NXT awards for 2018 yes. voted on by the fans. Have you seen the results yet, Jacqueline? I saw most of them. Okay. 
I don't agree with a lot of it. I don't know what people were thinking. Interesting, interesting picks from the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, takeover of the year was Takeover New Orleans, which I believe we both picked. Yes. Uh, future star was Io Shirai. And I actually don't remember who we picked. Ricochet. No. No, we picked. I think Bianca? we picked Rick. I think we picked Ricochet for Breakout. That's it. And Did I think we pick you, Bianca? I think you picked Bianca for Breakout. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense. Anyway. Honestly, don't remember. I may have picked EO for a future star. Uh, tag team of the year was Undisputed Era, which I think like, we all agree on. We knew it was going to happen. I just want them to, like, they're just such whiny babies. Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, match of the year was uh, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas from TakeOver Philly, uh, which was a fantastic match. I guess the idea here is because uh, my pick was the first Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match, but I right. guess the story is that that match was a, a non-sanctioned match because Johnny Gargano was <laughs> not he wasn't an employee of NXT at the time and quote unquote yeah yes and as such it cannot be counted for match of the year because it's not officially in the record books. Oh God! <laughs> well, they're really hey, look. Credit for continuity, I guess. That's true. Um, it's still it was still my match of the year. Uh, they did give Breakout Star of the Year to Ricochet. Makes sense. Uh, rivalry of the Year: Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I was surprised to see Tommaso Ciampa win Male Competitor of the Year. I was too. I feel like he he brought it upon himself by talking about it so much. Yeah, <laughs> that people were just like. Okay, I'll give it to him because he doesn't do that much. No, I feel. I mean, he's a great character, and he's had some good matches. Mm-hmm. I think some people just looked at it as he's been a great character all year, and he's the current champion. Um, mm. They were the fans were looking at it from a different perspective than I was. I don't know if you saw when they awarded Champa the the actual <laughs> award. I did not. He he held it in his hands, and he looked at it. And then he looked at Goldie, and then he handed the award back to the lady who who had handed him the award. That sounds about right. Yeah, that award was nice, <laughs> but it was not Goldie. Um, and then, in a surprise, on both accounts, female yeah. competitor of the year and overall competitor of the year was Kyrie Sane, which just goes to show you just how popular she is amongst the fan base. I love Kyrie too, but I did not give her female competitor of the year or overall. I disagree with all of that wholeheartedly. The only thing, I mean, I thought it was weird until I saw, I mean, the picture, it's still a weird pick. I, but again, like I said, the fans were going based off of just who they loved. And I was, I was trying to think of it from a perspective of like, who was the best performer all year round. I still thought female competitor was Shayna Baszler as, as did you, but then I, I agree. Then I saw Kyrie and get I, these awards. And you've never felt so good for a person. She yeah. looked legitimately surprised, legitimately happy, and legitimately, like, I don't want to say sad, but like tears of joy. She looked so caught off guard that she was voted for these awards. Yeah, and, I get it. Fine, whatever. I still hate her, <laughs> her character. <laughs> One of these days. Look, no, the pirate thing is lost on me. I don't understand it. Just get rid of the pirate thing, and then I might be on board. Okay. 
Uh, all right, let's talk right. about let's talk about Takeover yes. Phoenix from yeah. my favorite arena name in all of arenadom, the Talking Stick Arena. I think is it's called. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was That's the name of this. Um, I think it might be like a casino. I'm not positive, but <laughs> the uh, the opener was Undisputed Era defending the Tag Team Championship against the War Raiders. The War Raiders got this big-ass Viking entrance, which, if I'm being a little honest, I felt ran a, a bit too long. It uh, did, but it was also pretty damn cool. It was. Like, there this this war horn was playing, and all of these yeah. Vikings came out, but then they stood there for, like, three minutes while this horn was blowing. And then eventually the War Raiders showed up, and the crowd went crazy. It's pretty awesome. This match was great. It was a really good match. Uh, yeah, a lot of back and forth. Uh, they, I mean, obviously, the War Raiders destroyed Undisputed Era pretty early, uh, but they mm-hmm. make their comeback uh, as usual. Uh, Hansen does a bunch of really athletic things, cartwheeling, yes. doing handstands into the ropes. He's uh, awesome. He's really crazy. Uh, I love the, him. the ending of this match was. Uh, not in dispute uh, at all, uh, as the War Raiders completely demolished Roderick and Kyle, double teamed them all over the place. Like the whole mm-hmm. last, the whole last uh, like minute was just them crushing these guys, and then they hit their finisher, and yep. then they pinned Undisputed Era, ending the title reign of Roderick and yeah. Kyle, new tag team champions. What did you think of the opener? I love this match. I love the War Raiders. I think they're, um, like, I forget how good they are. And I also always forget how much I really like Roderick Strong. Oh, he was great in this. He is strong. Like, he just really is. And I like him better than Kyle O'Reilly. I'm so glad that they had him turn heel and join Undisputed Era. I I think that was so smart. Um, But I'm super excited because now Undisputed Era is going to be even more like of a whiny bitchy team and like they're gonna be so good at it like yes. <laughs> they're, i'm so excited for because now none of them have any championships yes and they're just gonna be like their promos are gonna be awesome their goal was to have them all and now <laughs> and they, they have, have none <laughs> yes and i think i think the war raiders are gonna do a really good job um as champions yeah me too my, that's yeah. So I'm excited about it. I like this. This was a really good opening match. It was. Uh, Pete Dunn and Tony Storm were shown at ringside. No new people shown for this takeover. No. That's that's good though. Yeah, because there's too many people already. Yeah, we don't we don't need a bunch more. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. Riddle, Cassius Ono was the next match. So this one was kind of a letdown for me. I thought uh, going into this when we were kind of doing our predictions for this show. I thought the goal behind this was to do a big Matt Riddle showcase, like have a a, a big, huge, epic match. But this mm-hmm. didn't. This, I mean, it was longer than their first takeover match, obviously. Thank God. But it wasn't much longer than their second match uh, that they had. Uh, no. I mean, there there was some cool stuff in here, but this was and it was and it was different from everything else on the show. Uh, yeah. Riddle did a lot of really impressive power stuff like deadlift like Germans and deadlift mm-hmm. government suplexes. 
He hit Cassius Ono with a sleeper suplex, which that might be the first time I've seen anybody do that in in WWE land. Uh, the finish, I think, was confusing to people. Uh, he did not do the, the bro mission. Instead, right. he attacked Ono. He basically, like, they did an MMA finish where he essentially, like, ground and pounded him until the referee stopped the fight, essentially. Uh, and I felt like the crowd was a little confused about that. It's normally not a finish they do in yeah. pro wrestling in general, but definitely not in WWE. I did not love this match. I don't like their feud, though. I think I may not like Cassius Ono. Yeah. Well, the I will say the one good thing about this feud is that they've had three matches, and Matt Riddle has decidedly won all three. So this feud is over. Uh, yeah, Matt Riddle I, is the better man in this feud. He is, and I also think maybe Cassius Ono shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Whoa, hot takes! Right, like is is he too old? Should he just nah, stop? I don't think he's too old, but um, I don't know. I I'm not going to jump on his case for his size, but he used to be slimmer and was much better. I thought at a lower weight. He's still actually very impressive athletically for his size, but he doesn't move around like he used to. I, I feel like he's had his his better matches are behind him, but that's also when mm-hmm. he was he was slimmed down more. He moved better. Well, and that's why I'm not – and I know he's – isn't he kind of like a player coach? He definitely person? is a player coach, yes. So maybe it's time to make that switch to coach. <laughs> Just go full-time coach. I, that's that's my own feeling, Cassius. I'm sure there's people out there who love you still, but I don't yeah. know. Ricochet. Many... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's too many people in NXT. Uh, Ricochet and Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Uh, this, this match was fantastic. Yeah, this match ruled. Uh, this was one of those 20-plus minute takeover classics. Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. continues to show why I picked him for male and overall competitor of the year. Because he just yeah. constantly does this stuff. Uh, and him and Ricochet were magical together. They did a bunch of things. Uh, the The real story here, uh, aside from all of the athleticism, all of the cool mm-hmm. stuff, because Ricochet did a ton of cool stuff. Yeah, as in Gargano. Yeah, the real story here was with Johnny Gargano. He wrestled his Johnny takeover match with Ricochet, and he just couldn't put him away, just like he couldn't put uh, Alistair Black away. It's kind of a recurring theme here. He was doing the the Johnny wrestling stuff, and it, mm-hmm. while it was great, it wasn't getting the job done. Uh, so he eventually he goes out onto the floor and peels the mats back, just like he did in the fight with Tommaso Ciampa. He like power bomb Ciampa onto the cement. And mm-hmm. he thought about giving Ricochet the Champa DDT onto the cement, <laughs> but he decided against it because he's still struggling, right, Jacqueline? He is. He the, is. I know you like saw this character development during this match. It was real weird, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, like he he goes back in there. He he decides no, I'm not gonna do this. He goes back in there, tries to do it the right way, but he still can't put Ricochet away. And finally, when the opportunity presents itself again, they wind up on the floor and. Gargano just goes for it this time, and he gives Ricochet like a brain buster or a high angle suplex on the cement, and they splatted, and it sounded horrible. 
And that mm-hmm. was with Johnny Gargano trying really hard not to do it hard. It still mm-hmm. didn't matter. Uh, and Ricochet rolls into the ring, and Gargano's whole mood has changed now. He's done the evil deed. And mm-hmm. he's staring at Ricochet from the apron, and Ricochet is all staggered, and Johnny says, I win. And does a slingshot DDT and pins Ricochet to win the North American Championship. Yeah. It took Johnny doing the horrible deed to get the win. But he did it, and it worked for him. It did. This was a fantastic match. These look like guys who have wrestled each other for years. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they actually have or not. But they they both just looked so professional. I mean, they have wrestled each other... I'm sure they've wrestled each other a handful of times, but I don't know how overly familiar they are. But it did look like this looked like something they've done like a zillion times. I, yeah. I don't think it is. I think they're just both that good and they have good chemistry good. that it just came together. That may, I mean, that makes it just look, it, to me, it just, it, it looked almost flawless. You know, you were like, oh my God, these guys. Yeah. They just anticipate. It was beautiful. It really was. It was well choreographed. Yeah, I could see these. I could just watch these guys do stuff forever. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder if there's anybody Gargano can work with, and it wouldn't be any good. At least not in NXT. I can't really think of anybody. I bet he no. could pull. I I bet he could pull something good out of Steve Kona Cutler. Reeves? Or oh. I bet he could do something with Kona Reeves. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe not. Maybe this is beyond Johnny's <laughs> abilities, but maybe he could. Uh, Shayna Baszler defending against Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, oh, did you hear about the controversy surrounding? No. You know, it's so weird. On the kickoff show, um, there was a commentator. Apparently, this is a big controversy, which I found funny. Because he said on this kickoff show, essentially what I said in our podcast, um, although okay. although he seemed to say it a little more condescendingly sounding than I said it, but mm-hmm. essentially this guy questioned whether or not Bianca Belair was ready for takeover. He actually that's fair. He actually called her spot on this card a waste of a match. Oh which, no, that's not good. Which I was stunned to hear somebody say. He must have been told to say it because I can't imagine anybody working for the company who would go out on their own and say that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go so far as to say a waste of a match, but I didn't think she was ready. And um, if I'm going to be honest, to me, it kind of felt like she wasn't that ready after watching this match. It showed, yeah. Um, It was not bad. No, it was was a good match. Yeah, this was not a bad match, but there is a pretty high bar for takeovers. And mm-hmm. this just fell well short of it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. It didn't quite reach the level that one would expect for uh, a takeover match. I agree. I also think having hard after their Gargano Ricochet match. Oh, that did not was, help. Right. So I think if you put this match before the other one, I think it would have been better in the lineup. Like put it after Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle. Hell yeah, this would have looked much more amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, Bianca did a couple of things that looked really impressive. She did a 450 splash, which yeah. uh, Shayna moved out of the way of. Uh, but they did a uh, they did a like a really cool creative spot outside of the ring where mm-hmm. uh, Baszler like used her hair to pull Shane or to pull Bianca into like the post. Yep, 
um, thing, things along those lines. Uh, Bianca did do the hair whip, which clearly left a mark on Shayna's abdomen. Yeah, she was bleeding. What? That, that was crazy. Uh, but uh, eventually, uh, Shayna got the uh, the Kirifuda clutch, the the choke, and uh, eventually got her uh, to pass out. This was mm-hmm. after interference from uh, Marina and and Jessamine. Yeah, what's up with Marina's face? So I heard she had. I don't. I don't think it's clear, uh, but. Either a broken nose, nose or a fractured... No, actually, like a broken nose or a fractured oh. uh, thing or something. So she's wearing like a protective mask. Uh, okay. But yeah, Shayna, Shayna retains the championship here. Which makes sense. I think they're going to develop Bianca and this is going to be... Enough. They're going to go at it again during... Um, what is it? WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Uh, did What did you think of the, the match otherwise? I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, as I told you before, I don't think I said it as we were recording it. I watched this over a few days. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I think I wa- this was like the first match I watched, like yeah. as I was resuming the episode. Mm-hmm. And so I think I found it more enjoyable. Okay. Cause I did enjoy it. Um, and I like, and I like both of these ladies. Yeah. I think they're both very good. So, um, uh, I think that helps. But you could kind of tell Bianca might have been a little nervous. But I mean, I would have been, yeah. I I respect her for that because she still came out and showed up. So yeah, she sure did. It was not a bad match. It was just no. when you think about um, what had already been on this show, what had been on previous shows, it's a lot to live up to. It is. It is. And I think by WrestleMania weekend, I think they're going to have an amazing match. Uh, main event: Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. So I'm curious as to what you thought about this. So I, uh, this show aired two days after my surgery and only one day after I'd come home from surgery. Okay. So I was partially miserable trying to watch Mm -hmm. this show. Like the show put me in a great mood, but I was uncomfortable. I couldn't sit for long periods of time that sometimes I'd have to get up. Sometimes I'd have to sit back down. I was still kind of in a haze a little bit. I watched this match and I thought this match was just okay, which is definitely not what I was expecting. I was expecting like a tremendous classic. And at the time I have not since I've not rewatched it, but at the time I'm like, well, that was okay. I think maybe um, people have come to expect too much from the NXT brand. It it does not help to their detriment. Yeah. And it, well, and it also does not help that, that Johnny Gargano, Ricochet match was so crazy. It was. And my thing with that match, though, is that you have two guys who can fly. You know what I mean? They are, yes. like, high energy. They move fast. Yeah. Black can and fly, that's... but that's not his primary right. style. Which, I'll say again, as a tall man, I respect. Because most tall people do not do that. No, he's um, very gifted. He is. But I think that this match is a slower-paced match. And it it's was. just because you don't have that um, that style in the match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of, so, part of me thought maybe it was the crowd. Maybe it just mm-hmm. wasn't that great as well. Uh, I mean, as far as takeover crowds go, I mean, they were up big for the first match. They were up big for Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. But they kind of was, weren't up for anybody else. It was that Matt Riddle-Cassius Ono match. It brought everyone down. 
Yes. And uh, then everybody but, spent all of their energy uh, on Gargano yeah. Ricochet, maybe. Um, I did really like this match, though. I thought mm-hmm. it it held my attention. It was a little long, but I thought it was good. Um, and this is the first time I really paid attention to finishing move names. Ah, yes. And I love that uh, Champa's finishing move is the fairy tale ending. Yes. So that I think that might have made it even better for me because I was like, "What? He has a he's, he's like the baddest guy, and his last his move is the fairy tale ending. ending. Of course it is." <laughs> uh, so in in this match, Champa pulled up the black mats outside of the ring, just like Gargano did earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. However, Alistair Black came off the apron with uh, double knees onto him, and then hit a black mass on uh, Champa in the ring. But, t- but it took him too long to make the cover. This is after Champa had hit Fairy Tail Ending a couple of times. Yeah, he uh, did it like four times or something. He did. Uh, so uh, let me see here. Black kicked out of a second Fairy Tail Ending, which w- which was following Champa pulling up the referee in front of a black mass. Uh, they uh, he ended up hitting the the Fairy Tail Ending twice more, and mm-hmm. eventually pinned Alistair Black. Uh, I was surprised at just uh, they. I mean, they tried to keep Black strong by having him hit with so many of Champa's mm-hmm. finishers and kicking out. But I still was surprised by how definitively Tommaso Champa won this. Uh, the real story is after the match, Jacqueline post-credit scene, Johnny yeah. Gargano comes out with his North American title and raises it in the air, and Champa seemed to take this as meaning that they were back together as a team. But Gargano kept looking at his title. And then looking at Ciampa's title. I'm telling you, they are just going to be the Bash Brothers, and I am so excited. Uh, And then, actually, after all of this, there was this segment with a big brawl with uh, Gargano, Ciampa, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, Aleister Black. uh, And then they announced the halftime heat thing. So we'll talk about that uh, in a moment. But what would you... uh, What did you think of this takeover... Overall, what would you give it? Um, I liked it overall. I thought, um, I thought it was good. I thought it made sense for like storyline um, with who who won the belt, who didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that the big surprise was the tag team. Yeah, um, belts changing hands, but I'm super excited about it. Um, so I probably over, like a three and a half to a four. I actually really enjoyed this one. Okay, I'm I'm sort of right there with you. I gave this one three and three quarters. I didn't quite yeah. feel comfortable giving it a four because uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed by Riddle and Ono. I wasn't impressed no, by Shayna and Bianca. Yeah, uh, I wasn't super impressed by Shayna and Bianca, and the the main event felt a little lacking to me. But this was not a bad show. I've still never it seen wasn't. a bad takeover. Right. Uh, It wasn't, like, super disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so before we talk about the rest of the stuff and then take off for the week, uh, let's thank the sponsors, Adam Tickets. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets, or you can click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about NXT TakeOver Phoenix Plus, a.k.a. The Hangover Show uh, and The UK Show. Uh, from that week on the UK show, more Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. They were in the main event against Mustache Mountain. Surprise, Jacqueline! This match was great. 
Really? You'd be sub- shocked to know that these two great teams had a great match. Weird. And uh, Mustache Mountain got the win after uh, after hard-fought contest. The other highlight, perhaps my highlight of the year. We'll see how the rest of 2019 goes. But the in-ring NXT UK debut of Walter. And ah. he took on Jack Stars, who is a small, pale man. And I know you're not a big fan of these one guy crushes the other guy matches. Yeah. But I'll... From it, from my money, this was one of the most entertaining one of those I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, Walter is very famous for his chops, and he gave Jack Stars exactly one chop. <laughs> and it was so loud, and the fans gave him a standing ovation for this chop. <laughs> and Jack Stars, I'll, I'll, maybe if I can find the picture at some point uh, and send it to you. But Jack okay. Star's chest was immediately reddened. You could immediately, you could see like almost breaks in the skin. And after the match was over, in the back they took a picture where you <gasps> can clearly see Walter's hand. You can see the outline, like like, like he put his hand it, on his chest and drew like. Oh my gosh! It was insane from one chop. I fear for Pete Dunn's chest, uh, but Aww. Walter. Walter also drop-kicked this man, which was very impressive, and he powerbombed him, after which Nigel McGuinness says that he never, ever wants to wrestle again after watching that match. Walter <laughs> Nigel so McGuinness can't him. wrestle again. No. Um, so that was, a, that was an A-plus show. Uh, the Hangover oh. show featured uh, Io Shirai and Kairi Sane under their new tag team name, Sky Pirates. So I'm happy. They took on uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. They had a really fun match. The crowd is super into Kyrie and Io. Uh, Kyrie and Io were victorious. Uh, Marina and Jessamyn, I know they're brand new, but they are going to need to establish some credibility pretty quick here. They are zero and two on television, uh, <laughs> so they they need they're going to need to establish some credibility here as Shayna's friends. <laughs> uh, like, get a win at some point. I think they will need at least one victory. Uh, Probably. There was a weird interview with Bianca Belair. Okay. Where it's clear, Jacqueline, that they've decided that they really like how she says undefeated. No, I fucking hate that. Well, they Sorry. they seem to love it. Because <sighs> Bianca goes on to tell us that undefeated... Jacqueline is a state of mind. It's not just about wins and losses. So she's going to come back better than ever because she's still un- undefe- undefeated. I was wondering if she was going to say that because she didn't actually pin. She just passed out. Yeah. I mean, and she I was like, oh, she's going to use that. I mean, she's totally defeated. She lost. She suffered yeah, a defeat, but, but they, li- I guess they like how she says it. But I hate okay. I hate this idea. It makes her sound like a delusional bad guy. Like, it does. oh, I I haven't lost. That's a state of mind. I'm undefeated. And, and also, this is almost the same storyline that Shayna had with Kyrie the mm-hmm. last time when she was like, "Kyrie, you didn't beat me. I beat myself." Beat like, myself, it's the same yeah. exact thing. Yeah, um, we just did this NXT main event. The main event should have been Sky Pirates against Shafir and Duke, but instead it was the Street Profits against the Forgotten Sons. Uh, I love the Street Pro- Profits. The I mean, the Street Profits were awesome here, 
mm-hmm. Montez Ford did one of the craziest dives I've ever seen in my life. Not like in terms of fanciness. He just did a, you know, a jumping flip dive over the top rope, like a forward front flip. But he leapt so high into the air. Like he cleared (laughs) this top rope so easily that it got a Mamma Mia out of Moro Ronaldo. It was really incredible. He has been jumping really high recently, and I know that's a weird thing to notice, yeah. but, like, he goes out of frame. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness was, like, going on about how it was, like, the biggest vertical leap he's ever seen in his life. The announcers were practically <laughs> laughing at how ludicrous this was. Because uh, it's not like he was using momentum and running and jumping. Like, he did the run and then jump in the, like, the stop and then jump technique. So oh. he wasn't, he didn't even have forward momentum. And he so wasn't, he should just be playing volleyball. Yeah, saying. yeah, he should have been like doing the high jump or the pole vault or something. Because <laughs> holy cow, uh, they did a couple of other cool moves, but then the Forgotten Sons won this match, Jacqueline. It was such a bummer. I don't, I don't understand why they do things like this. Like they want no. to try to do something with the Forgotten Sons, and to do that, they got to get wins, but it's not working. No, no one likes them. No, they're not fun. This was Mm-mm. not a fun match. Um, okay, so two other things happened uh, featuring NXT. I can't believe there's still more. <laughs> uh, there was the Worlds Collide Tournament, which they filmed over Royal Rumble weekend. And mm-hmm. it was a 15-man tournament featuring competitors from 205 Live, NXT, and NXT UK, where the winner could challenge for any title on any of those brands, which had me immediately hoping Keith Lee would win this tournament and then challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship. But oh my God, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been fun, but that is not what happened. Uh, <laughs> they did air this on the network, but it was weirdly truncated. Uh, yes. They showed a 15-man battle royal, which mm-hmm. the eliminations determined who would face each other, which was a little convoluted, but okay, the winner... Would get oh. a f- the winner would get a buy in the first round of the tournament. Jordan Devlin from NXT UK won that. Uh, but then on the show, they showed a first round match with Umberto Carrillo and Zach Gibson, and then they showed a quarterfinal match with yeah. Jordan Devlin and Drew Gulak, and then they showed the two semifinals, which were Tyler Bate beating Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream defeating Jordan Devlin, and then they showed the finals. Uh, a really good match in which Velveteen Dream defeated Tyler Bate to win the tournament, and Dream can now challenge for any title uh, on any brand. Uh, so how how much of this did you see? I did not get to see oh, very much of it. Not very much. Okay, I saw, like, but, bits and pieces. But as soon as I saw who was in it, I was like, oh, it's clearly going to be, like, either Jordan Devlin or Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it came close. It was Tyler Bate and Dream in the finals, and... Yeah. I could have seen, like, Adam Cole maybe winning it uh, as well. No. No? No, I don't think he's going to yet. They got other plans. It's not... Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's his time right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's going to be at the last half of the year. And the uh, the other NXT-related thing was Halftime Heat. Yes. Which, Which was, I did watch. Did you watch it at halftime? Or did you yes. just watch it? Oh, did you? Me too. You, yes. you didn't opt for the Maroon 5 performance. Oh, we had it on mute. Okay. 
you opted for a shirtless Adam Cole instead of a shirtless Adam Levine. I don't like Adam Levine. No, me neither. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, and I think we made the better choice in watching Halftime Heat, in so, all honesty. So this was interesting because they've, they've done this Halftime Heat thing once before. Yes. At the height of WWS popularity... They did a uh, a match with Mankind versus The Rock in an empty arena match. And I think it did like 6 million viewers on TV wow. against the Super Bowl, which is actually incredible. I think that, that shows you cool. how popular it was at the time. Um, yep. This match, unfortunately, is not going to do the same viewership numbers. I think uh, amongst the social media platforms combined, it peaked at about 100, uh, like 100,000. Uh, plus, it also aired on WWE.com and on the network, and nobody knows the viewership numbers for that. But even right. if everybody who has the network watched it on the network, it wouldn't be you know six million people. But the, we watched it on the network. Yeah. So that being said, they did this match from the Performance Center, which they actually gussied up pretty nice to make it look like an arena. They did. It did not look all that much different than Full Sail, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me wonder why they're doing it at full sale when they could clearly just tape their shows here and it wouldn't, uh, the lighting wasn't quite as good. It was a little yeah. dimmer. Um, and I got to tell you the crowd, did you, did you notice faces in the crowd at all? Jacqueline? I did not. Okay. Cause they essentially, they had a super bowl viewing party at the okay. PC. All these fans and stuff were there. They watched the game and then they did this halftime match, but included in the fans were a bunch of, uh, friends and family of wrestlers, but also a ton of wrestlers. Really? I saw Zaya Lee. I saw Casey Catanzaro. I saw Shayna Baszler. I saw Brennan Williams. Uh, I saw, God, who else did I see? A ton of people. Oni Lorcan. Just a ton of them. A ton of wrestlers were in the crowd. Uh, That's a lot of fun. Just hanging out with the fans, watching the Super Bowl, and then watching this match, which was Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Aleister Black against Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. And holy cow, did they have a great match. This was fantastic. Yeah, this was... If if nobody's ever watched PWG before, maybe you've heard of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Uh, it's Mm-mm. a lot of these guys wrestled there and made names for themselves. Okay. Um, you can go find them on the YouTube. Uh, okay. But basically... They had a match that was almost identical to what you would see on a PWG show. Uh, hmm. It was, this was just fantastic. They let loose more than they usually do, I think. They did. It was almost like there was no rule. Yeah. It was, uh, was fan. It was, I thought it was so well done. It was so fun to watch. They did some crazy moves I've never seen any of them do before in WWE. Adam mm-hmm. Cole did his leaping, like flipping pile driver thing on Ricochet. Uh, they did like this triple super kick knee thing to Ricochet mm-hmm. from the bad guy team. They even did a teeny tiny bit of storytelling here, Jacqueline, when Gargano started mm-hmm. and was going to tag in somebody. He looked at Ciampa and decided he isn't going to tag in Ciampa. He tagged in Adam Cole right. instead. He did. See, and I thought Adam Cole kind of didn't fit with the other two, but after wa- like watching it, I'm like, oh, I see it. I get it now. Yeah. And they all, they all work together tremendously. They did. Uh, the match started at a frenetic pace. They did a million moves, and then they slowed things down. And, and then they did a million more. And then they did, a, and then they picked <laughs> it back up for the end and did a million more. 
the finish was like a black mass on coal, then a springboard 450 by Ricochet and Nicole, and then Velveteen mm-hmm. hitting the purple Rainmaker on coal and pinning him. And uh, good guys won. The crowd was very happy throughout this yeah. whole match. Uh, somebody started chanting Johnny Halftime. Uh, oh, is that what they were saying? <laughs> yeah, later on later on Twitter, Oni Lorcan took credit for starting this chant in the crowd. <laughs> it's very funny watching all of these people. There were many times where I saw Casey looking worried as Ricochet was taking a bunch of dangerous moves. Because they're the greatest. I can only imagine being in a relationship with somebody, even if you yourself are a wrestler, it's got to be mm-hmm. tough sometimes watching them in there. Because like at any time they could get hurt. Yes. It still can't be that easy, but no. um, that yeah. was a ton of fun. It was a lot of fun. And um, I'd like to say I was really surprised, but also happy that they had the female ref there. Yeah. Jessica Carr was the referee for this match. That yeah, was awesome. I was, I was so, I was like, look at that. Cause she's the, I think she's like the only female ref, isn't she? Yeah. They brought in a second ref who, who did some of the Mae yeah. Young classic, but that's the only time I've seen her. They haven't brought her back, which, no, they should. So, so I, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was diverse where it could be. So yeah. I thought this was a lot of fun. I liked it too. I, I really like Shawn Michaels announcing too. Yeah. He's oh my, not great. He, but... no, he's not great, but you could tell that he <laughs> loves all of these guys. He is like a fan. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure he lied at one point when, uh, God, what Vic Joseph was like, you know, Velveteen Dream reminds me a lot of like uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels says, uh, you can't say that. Like, if you say like, that's just putting a, a ceiling, a limit on a ceiling. Like yeah. Shawn Michaels is saying Velveteen Dream could eclipse Shawn Michaels, which yeah. might be a lie. But Shawn is, I guess, a humble man these days. Uh, it's like, look, I like Velveteen Dream, but I don't know. It's Shawn Michaels. Uh, it was just, it was just very fun. Yeah. He was not a great commentator, but he loved all these guys and he, he did. He put this match over big talking about how fantastic all these guys are. Mm -hmm. Everything they do is amazing and incredible. And they're tearing the house down. Uh, I hope this made new fans. I hope so too. And I liked how a lot of his commentary was just repeating what the other guy said in a more excited tone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, when, when you've got, okay. no, when you've got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, just, yeah. What anyway. that guy said, that sounded good. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that wraps up a tremendously long week of wrestling. We didn't even talk about the Royal rumble, which there were NXT people in, in both rumbles. Yep. Um, I actually don't remember what... I, I think there were only three men, right? Gargano, was, Black, and Pete Dunne? Yes. There may, I don't think anybody else showed up uh, on the men's that side. That sounds right. And there were four women? Five? Five. I don't remember the exact number. Oh. It was Casey, Zaya, Io, Kyrie, and Rhea. Oh, and Candice. And Candace. I forgot Rhea was in as well. Rhea looked pretty good. She uh, did. As well. Uh, All I remember, Jacqueline, is that adorable video I sent you of them letting all the women know that they were going to be in the Rumble. 
They were so sweet. They all were fairly excited, except for Zaya, whose head almost exploded with joy over getting to do this match. And then was like, went from extreme joy to like happy tears over realizing this opportunity she was getting. Uh, uh, But yeah, so there, there were some NXT moments like everywhere, all over the place. Um, in fact, I think those were like the big entrance. They did not rely on legends for the rumbles this year. They no. were showcasing future uh, competitors. So it's about time. I guess. Uh, just keep them away, though. This they can do <laughs> yeah. this, but let's keep most of them in NXT, please, uh, mm-hmm. or we can continue to enjoy them. Uh, all right. So I have no idea what's going to be on the next episode of NXT. To be honest, uh, cool. I think they may have said what will be on this week, but I've long since forgotten in the mad rush of just match after match and show after show over the last week and a half. So um, it'll be a surprise to you and me uh, awesome. what, what will headline this show next week. Uh, <laughs> so in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT, hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can hear us come back next week and talk about the mystery episode number 480-something still <laughs> of NXT. <laughs> I do the-